Hello and welcome to It Ain't So Black and White. I'm Richie Lyons, and usually I'm joined by Amon Edwards, but he is out of town today, sadly. But I brought in a very special guest, somebody you guys should know pretty well, Avi Rajvanchi. Hey, nice to meet you guys. Thanks for having me on again. Yes, sir. Our first guest host without Amon. I thought it'd be pretty boring if it was just me with our guest, and today's guest is a good friend, Jesus Ocampo. What up, guys? Happy to be here again. Now, <laughs> uh, Jesus, to start a conversation, same thing I asked every week. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us uh, your heritage, where you grew up, and what you're up to now. What up, guys? So, like I said, my name's Jesus. Um, I'm, I'm Mexican. I was, I was born with two parents that were born in Mexico. I was born here in the state of Wisconsin. So, there, there's a lot to unpack there, but at the same time, it's Wisconsin, you know? So, I was born and raised in, like, the the country. Very, very suburban, very, very out there. Yes, I've been to Jesus' house, and, oh, man, there's not much it's out there. It's a lot of farmland. <laughs> there's a lot of farmland, not a lot of houses. I still remember <laughs> when you came out there, it was, it was during the election, and there was a lot of Trump signs just all the way down yeah. there. As soon as we left Milwaukee County, it's just all Trump. Yes, it was. It's it, very weird to say see since uh was in Milwaukee for a while, which was a lot of Biden. Yeah, that that's one thing that I was I, I grew up based around a lot of conservative and a lot of a lot of just a lot of right sided things. So growing up I didn't really like I, I didn't have a lot of the experiences a lot of my friends here at Mark I do that are Hispanic as well. Um I really had I I went to predominantly white schools. Growing up, I went to public school, which I know here in the city is a very interesting topic because MPS doesn't really get that much funding. But I went to public schools because we had, that's really all we had, and all my classmates were white. So that's a lot of what my culture comes around, as well as what I had at home. When I was at home, I spoke predominantly Spanish. When I went to school, I spoke predominantly English. So I want to say real quick is having... Since you and your mom talk to each other in Spanish, because I've been to your house, mm. it's so nice because, like, you know, you don't want to, like, hear a conversation between your friend and their mom if it's, like, mm. something. So it's just nice to, like, not be able to understand anything mm. you guys are saying to each other. It's so much more private and, like, because you guys be, like, talking a lot sometimes. I hear you, like, on the phone when we're together. Mm. I'm just, like, I'm sort of happy I don't have to, like, hear any of this. Yeah. It, it's nice to have that that conversation with someone that can speak your language that not everyone's gonna be out there hearing because then th- there's some private things that you're just like I don't want everyone hearing. My mom can't embarrass me in front of my friends because she doesn't speak that great English. Oh, so. I never <laughs> thought about that. Man, I wish my mom like only spoke like Italian or something because the amount of times yeah. my mom or dad have embarrassed me by saying something or something like that. Man, they love to do that. There's their favorite thing is to embarrass me. So that would have been. So nice growing up. Yeah, no, my my dad can embarrass me because he speaks very great English because he worked in construction all of his yeah. or most of his life. Does he make up for your mom not being able to embarrass you? No, he's actually pretty chill. He does. He oh. just says he doesn't. He doesn't try to embarrass me at all. He just kind of vibes. <laughs> oh. right. but yeah, that's about what I can talk about. Like with that. Yeah. So I want to ask a question real quick. Is you talk about other Hispanic cultures? Mm. Is uh, we talked about with uh, Nadia in our earlier episode. She's Pakistanian, and we we're talking about all those different uh, countries around her, kind of getting mashed up together. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask about Hispanic, and we talked this also with Alex last week. Is Hispanic countries are all like so different mm-hmm. so far apart and it's such a big area and they're all grouped in together mm-hmm. so i want to ask like how much of a connection do you feel with like other con- hispanic countries that aren't like mexico well know, being here in the united states the connection's more just like when you speak spanish to someone else the connection's already there because you know someone came from immigrants someone down the line it could have been directly them it could have mm-hmm. been their parents it could have it could be them and their children. So the connection's right there. You don't really, you know there's something different be, based on the accent. There's food down the line where it's just like things are different, but you feel connected to them in some way just because you speak the same language. 
How do you feel about us just like boxing you guys all in together? I mean, to me personally, it doesn't really bother me. Like I said, I I don't really get phased by that. Um, it didn't really happen to me in growing up just because I was one of very few students of color growing up in my entire school system. Um, when I graduated, I think there was probably like maybe 15 college students in terms of Mexican or any kind of Hispanic or black and like anything like that. I think there's 15 out of 252 students that graduated with me. Jeez. Yeah. That's not a lot. You want to ask something up? I'm j- I, I just want to listen. I want to hear his experiences right now. But yeah. in terms of like being phased by anything, I didn't really get phased by that because no one really treated me different just because of my, the color of my skin, just because everyone was around me and they didn't have a reason to seek me out. I didn't really do anything to them. I treated them as they treated me, as mm. I was raised to do. Simply interesting. Do you think that's like a? Do you also think it's a generational thing? Because I know like yeah. when we watch when we watch movies and when we recall history in general, um, we see a lot of you know, what in the in these situations mm-hmm. where there's such a minority group of of people, they usually do get attacked and they do feel out of place. But then in, in today's generation, we all are kind of growing up together in a newer society and a newer with a newer mentality mm. in our generation and that's kind of do you think that's a i think it is partly generational like i also think it's part of like certain people going out of their way to be like great people like mm-hmm. stories my dad always tells me are like when he first came to the united states after he got out of texas and came straight to wisconsin um he met this man where this man offered him a job it was when this man started creating uh his company his construction company this man gave him an opportunity, and my dad was with him for, I think, 26 years. Wow. This man was a white man and didn't even judge my dad based on his color. He just said, your work, th- your work ethic is great. I think you could do a great job for me. Yeah. And they built a huge company, and then they went from there. It was non-discriminatory. My dad did the best he could do every day. Yeah. That's solid. I also want to ask, since we saw you mentioned uh trump earlier it was 2016 a big thing about trump's campaign mm-hmm. was build the border too many mexicans coming in saying all this stuff about mexicans did you felt like you got treated differently a little bit at that time and what was your family and your reaction to that at that moment in time i did feel a little attacked because i was like why is this man just attacking my culture my my people why like what is this happening for but as time went on i was like i can't really change what's going on like he's the president right now if he's going to do something, he's going to do it. We can't really change what's going on. But at that moment, we just can't really change what's going on. Did I also want to say, like, so you grew up in a Trump-centric place. Mm-hmm. Did anybody there who voted for Trump, follow Trump, did them say anything to you about a- it? About what happened? Not exactly. They just kind of, they loved Trump. They like they supported him in terms of everything he did. They currently hate Biden. I currently like I, politics aren't really my thing. Like I'll talk about him, but I don't really care who's president because it's nothing we can change. It's yeah. something that everyone votes for. It's nothing. I know we're talking about politics. Uh, anytime me and Jesus serve with somebody, somebody mentions politics a lot of time, Jesus will just say something to make them mad that he doesn't even believe it. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> politics aren't really my jam. They're just kind of. Uh, there's something I can't change. It's just, it is what it is at, at that point. Yeah, point. I want to ask also, we sort of talked about this, and this goes, I guess I can ask you too, obviously, since you guys are both first generations, is uh, I talked about some of our family episode when our parents were on, is voting is a big thing in America that you should vote and all that, and come from parents who don't come from this country where when they were younger it might not have been stressed to them growing up. Was that stressed to you that, like, you should vote. You should participate in our republic. Uh, well, for me, uh, honestly, voting growing up, I feel like in class and, and teachers would stress, you know, you should go vote and, and do all that. And then kind of growing up in, in my house, we didn't really talk too much about voting, uh, politics in general, uh, up until kind of end of high school. Like when I when I got into college, that's when I really started I guess voting and even in high school I missed 
I, I turned 18 right after the election of Donald Trump. So I, I didn't I couldn't vote at that point. So I had to I had to wait. But I started voting in all the like governmental like the not governmental, all the uh, the local um, positions. Uh, I started voting for all of those like the gov- uh, governor and mayor and all those uh, educational board and all that. So I think it's important, but it, it definitely like. I don't think it was as stressed in my household as it should have been until I graduated high school. That's when kind of my dad and mom started talking about elections more. We started really voting and paying attention to all the procedures. Um, what about you? Yeah, like you said, um, during in grade school and high school, it was always just just overemphasized by teachers just saying, hey, you need to vote, you need to do this, or things like that. But in my household, my dad votes every single term. Uh, I still remember 2020, I didn't want to vote, but I went home for that weekend, and my dad just said, go vote. He literally, like, kicked me out of the house until I went to go vote and said, you can come back after you vote. <laughs> so you said, nice. like, <laughs> yeah, because voting was very stressed for yeah. me when I was younger. My dad would always take me to the polls with him, and mm-hmm. we'd both vote together, and uh Yeah, my dad would do the same thing. Yeah. This, uh, so... He's originally from Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Both my parents are from the same city, same state. Did he ever talk about like what it meant to him for voting? Like, cause coming from uh, to a different we country, the voting. We actually never had there? that conversation never about him thought. voting here. Really? Mm-mm. It's definitely be an interesting one, man. We should have your dad on talking about <laughs> that. <laughs> talk about voting, but we're all we're not here just to talk about issues and all that. We also want to learn a little bit about Mexican culture, mm-hmm. and I feel like we get some understanding in america but first off to lead this off i want to know is what is like something about mexican culture that people in america just have completely messed up it's a great question or or i guess what is something also that that in america we have almost taken over and branded about mexico and and changed in our own way you know like like with food, what happens, you know? I feel yeah. like that's happened a lot. Like, like Taco I'm thinking, Bell yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when I was asking that question, I'm like, man, I wonder what your opinion on Taco Bell is. It happens a lot, actually. Like, uh, there's a couple shows where I've looked at them and I'm like, dang, that's not how it should be. But great to have you on that show. Or great to have that show basically portrayed as something weird now. Yeah. Like, I, the show was, can I say the show? Yeah. It was stuck in the middle. Uh, but they had a an episode where the the main character had her quinceañera and i just didn't really like think it was the greatest thing like a portrayal cuz the quinceañera is it's a big religious thing it's a huge party like welcoming a female to society as a woman but they just kind of said hey it's a big party like Let's mm-hmm. show it as a big party and a big dance and all of that. But I've the main thing. I've seen that a lot in media, yeah. yeah. A lot of it takes away from what it actually means because a lot of things in my culture are very religious. Like, a wedding is very religious. It's not just the party. Like, it it's church-oriented is what it is. Mm-hmm. There's a full process that's just not mm-hmm. shown, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, like, when I see a stereotype of, like, a Latino person, it's just, like, beer and construction yep. like think about like george lopez it's yep. like the first thing that comes to mind when i think of anything like that because all those jokes which i don't know how true they are didn't grow up like some of that, them can be true like yeah. i've seen mexicans i've seen hispanics just out out and about drinking and it happens i mean everybody drinks yeah. human nature yeah like, I mean, I like we talk about bars like, every day yeah. but it's, <laughs> it's not the, every day but I it's mean. the few that ruin it for the many that you see one and you're just like oh there it is yeah. I think we talk about yeah, like any definitely. culture. Yeah. It's like drinking, mm-hmm. like you like. Oh yeah, Germans they drink the most beer. No Irish, yeah, they drink so much beer. Latinos, Latinos they drink so much beer. Yeah, like, I've seen Cat yeah. Williams like, do it before, where he said that all all some Mexicans need is a front yard and some Corona, and they're having a great <laughs> time. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, that's also. Uh, I want to talk about representation, which we talk about most episodes and. Mexican representation in the media and all that and we talked about how we usually bring on like a blockbuster movie that like stars mm-hmm. Mexicans about that like culture but I really can't think of any other like actually there's Fast one and show. Furious is sort of 
the Fast and Furious, yeah. There's one uh, Apple TV exclusive. I don't know if it's an exclusive, but an Apple TV show that mm. just came out called Acapulco. And uh, I have not seen or heard of it. That one, I, I watched that entire one, and that was, I thought that was an interesting. I liked that show. It was mm. very, very, like, it wasn't very, like, I didn't have to think too much. I just kind of watched it and mm. enjoyed the show, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, I was going to ask you about that one, but, uh, yeah. I will <laughs> yeah. say one thing. I, I, th- I think it's interesting that, like, like Narcos, if you guys have heard of the show, right? Yeah. It's mainly for entertainment, but it shows basically the side of crime in terms of, like, mm-hmm. someone else's culture and crime. Yeah. So. And yeah. it shows the city in, in that yeah. perspective, too. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even show it outside the mm-hmm. crime perspective. Yeah, because the big thing, well, I think, of like, any media that is like you know trying to say something about mexicans or mexican culture like represents that group mm-hmm. it's always the cartel mm-hmm. i really can't think of anything because we always most episodes we talk about like oh the superhero because you know superheroes are the biggest thing mm-hmm. in hollywood right mm-hmm. now oh this is representing that but when you think about like mexican which is like it's our neighbors and all that i really can't think of one other than like them saying oh cartel mm-hmm. and oh, when they go to Mexico, it's all yellow and all that, you know? <laughs> like, I can't really think of that, that there's not much representation. I want to ask, like... There there have been a couple movies that we watched in in high school that were... Um, it, it was based on drugs, but it was someone trying to get money for their family. Yeah. It was showing the other side of what what comes of having to do things with drugs in order to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something I don't think we think about it, yeah. so... A lot of people they deal with drugs not because like I don't know like I don't reason like because they're a bad person mm-hmm. or something they need money and nobody's calling to hire you mm-hmm. they are and then you get money no taxes on it, it you know? it's it's big money it's easy yeah. money for them but there's huge consequences that they don't think about it but definitely. what I was trying to get out is if there was like a Mexican superhero or like something like that like would that mean something to you seeing that representation on the biggest screen and the blockbuster movie or something like that see growing up um i did watch spanish tv we had one i forgot his name i think his name was chapulín or something like that but it doesn't really mean any more to me just because in my my culture i don't really like personally i don't think we need any superheroes i think it's more of my entertainment in english like Mm. i like i love iron man but i wouldn't want to see him in spanish (laughs) Fair enough. That yeah, is fair. I think the first time I watched the Hulk, I watched it in Hindi, and mm. like I, I did not yeah. enjoy it as much. I was like, "What is happening? What is he saying? Why is this guy big? Like, yeah. what is happening?" Yeah. Yeah. I also want to ask about you know Spanish. It's I think it's the second biggest language in America, and you see all these videos of people like, "Oh, speak English, speak English, all that." Do you think like if you come to America, you should be able to speak English, or you think like you don't have to learn the new language? Because it's not, we don't have an official language, English. Yeah. It's just most people speak English. So, honestly, I think we might need to just because as Americans, we believe everyone speaks English. Like, you go to any yeah. other country and they know English so that if we go over there and we need help, they can help us as well as them knowing another language. But, like, when someone comes here, we don't know their language. If they need help, we have nothing to help them with. Yeah, that is true. People in other countries are more helpful than we are. That kind of goes back to American school system because yeah. they don't really teach languages. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when they do, like, yeah, I think yeah. every single person I've talked to now that took a language course for three years and or four, mm-hmm. even four in high school, like, unless they pursued that language in college, like, they don't Yeah, know they don't really start young language. enough because, like, the first time I took language was French when I was a sophomore. By the time mm-hmm. I was a sophomore... It's pretty tough to learn a language yeah. at that point. Like you have to be a hundred percent committed to learn a language. Like they start pretty late for yeah. that stuff like, to like try and learn anything. My first language is, was Spanish, and then mm-hmm. I learned English from my sisters. I learned Spanish from both of my parents. Yeah, and uh, I want to ask also: Did you ever take a Spanish class? I did, just because it would it would have been an easy A. That's why I <laughs> always see trends that are like yeah. uh, when a native Spanish speaker goes to American Spanish class mm-hmm. and it's all wrong it's all messed up or something like that that's one thing that i I always showed up and i'd I'd get a couple things wrong and i'm like i have no idea why it's wrong but like i got all the rest right so at that point we're still at an a (laughs) showing what was like the most common like mistake you said like i don't understand accents okay things like that it was all writing sometimes it was the for me it was the the vosotros just because 
I don't use that at home, so I would have never learned that at home. Yeah. So there's just like, I'm trying to think. What about like, I know like a lot of people use common terms from various languages in like everyday life, mm-hmm. you know, like, like ciao or like hasta la vista, baby, or like, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Good talk. So, yeah, yeah. So like, like out of the ones, out of uh, your conversations and experience in life, like what have you kind of heard the most and what, what is like one of the things that you've heard a lot that you think shouldn't be said in in such a context well, personally i don't think there are any that you you would that would be out of context just because like at least you're trying to say something to someone like like if you say adios to me i'm not gonna take that out of context if you say that to my mom she's not gonna take that out of context yeah. she's just gonna say bye she's just gonna wave yeah if you say anything in spanish that like means goodbye she's not gonna take that out of context mm-hmm. she's just gonna wave and say goodbye but if you say something like like good and talk, she wouldn't know what you mean. At all. <laughs> she like, why? <laughs> My father would not either. She'd be like, "Why is this person speaking some random like?" I think she would just probably wave and say, or she'd probably just smile and wave like the penguins in Madagascar. Like, I don't know what he's saying. Yeah, but I'll smile. <laughs> I, I think that'd probably Fair be enough. it. Just like, don't just bring terms to like people yeah. that wouldn't know the language at all. Yeah. That but, makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. It does make sense just thinking about that because, like, uh, that would be so weird just thinking about, like, if my language wasn't that and they're saying something from some random language because you're trying to think, like, context yeah. and just, like, saying, like, Guntag as an English speaker would yeah. feel, like, so out of context like, for someone trying to piece it together. Like, you know how in German nine is no? Yeah. If you say it to a Spanish speaker, they'll probably think you're talking about the actual number nine because they somewhat understand a little bit of the English language, if yeah. they, even if they can't speak English at all. Yeah. I also want to ask, uh, so you grew up in Wisconsin, middle mm-hmm. of nowhere, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and your family's from Mexico. Mm-hmm. How did they end up going so far north? So I know my dad lived in Texas for a little bit. Uh, I know he did construction down there as well. Uh, I know that he did the same stuff that all teenagers do. They fool around. But at a point he grew up, and then he moved. He just kept moving, I believe. I don't know how he ended up in Wisconsin. He hasn't told me that part yet. <laughs> so we, haven't, we haven't gotten that far. But he said that it was really peaceful up here when he first moved up here. And you, he said that when he first moved up to Wisconsin, he could literally lay in a park and no one would bother him. Like, it mm. was just peaceful. Like, no noise, no nothing. Not that many cars out on the road. But now we just got cars Mageddon just down the yeah. freeway. And <laughs> yeah. It was like a quadruple or quintuple mm-hmm. overpass right next to the university yep. oh right? my goodness mm-hmm. yeah it's insane. It insane cars are so annoying but i also want to <laughs> they ever does he complain about the cold a lot coming from <laughs> a place that you think of super hot to come into one of the coldest he, places in he doesn't America? ever complain about the cold he just puts on more layers yeah. if i'm ever complaining about the cold he'll literally look at me and be like why aren't you wearing more layers then yeah just that, wear more clothes like yeah. adjust to the weather that's all you gotta do that's something oh, i forget who it is my family always said they said you can always put more layers on mm-hmm. but you can't take more off or i think i got that from mm-hmm. you that you just keep putting layers on yeah you could just keep going which i'm a tough man i don't need that many layers <laughs> i can I can bear the cold. I want to ask you, have you ever been back to, have you ever been to Mexico? Um, Not since I was five. Not since you were five. Mm-mm. Where is the first place that you would want to go when you go back? Um, when you visit, yeah. I actually would want to visit one of the tourist destinations just out to see how they are. Yeah. I do remember a little bit of my parents' hometown, but if you know anything about Mexico, it's kind of, it's kind of run by the cartels. Mm-hmm. So... Do not, f- the, not the greatest to be in, like, small towns over there. Do you feel, like, more connected with, like, Mexican people who, like, live in Mexico or, like, a white American? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> it, it really depends. So I feel connection to just all people in general. Just, like, I'm having a conversation with you and Avi over here. But if you start speaking Spanish to me, it's a different connection. So you start speaking Spanish to me, I feel like it, it's just a completely different connection that I understand things that you might be talking to me about that maybe, Richie, you might not understand like mm-hmm. what we're talking about in terms of like what they went through in their life, what 
what happened for them to get here and things like that. Those cultural differences and yeah. in, in underlays, yeah. I want to ask. It's it's almost code switching to a sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we talked about that a little bit because actually, little story. Uh, Amon's down in Alabama right now, mm-hmm. and Amon called me today, and Amon talks a lot differently on his podcast than he does normally or at home. And Amon in the South in his own element could not understand a single word he was saying. He could he should he could have been speaking Spanish and I would have no clue because that yeah. man could not understand a single word when we talk about uh code switch and all that. But I wanna ask both of you is being in a different country than where your parents are from and where you know your culture is, do you ever feel like disconnected, like you lose some of it being here? Well, a, a little bit to a sense just because we have so much more here in terms of technology in terms of things like that so i feel like i rely more on technology and think like i talk to my friends through through snapchat i don't talk to my cousins in mexico through snapchat i don't really talk to them i feel like there is some sort of disconnect there yeah there's a there's definitely a disconnect to the culture like i i speak hindi like decently fluently but i'm not affluent and i'm not amazing amazingly clean speaking it and like uh even the culture like i i celebrate the festivals i i I celebrate the pujas that we we host at home and and do everything but to a certain extent like that's almost not enough like having interaction between people that are fully like immersed within that culture and and interacting with them is is honestly a completely different experience than than talking to people that even people that have moved here just talking to them after having kind of imp- implemented ourselves in or not implemented but uh what do you call it into society just like, like integrated, uh, integrated yeah yeah so yeah also yeah, t- there's definitely a little talk about that since i'm irish and italian but like i'm second generation irish so mm-hmm. i'm still pretty strong that culture i have a lot of cousins over there i've been to ireland so i feel like sort of connection to our culture but my Italian side I'm like I think I'm fourth generation I don't mm. feel like I'm connected to that culture really at all that much anymore other than my grandparents mm. say a few things but we're like mostly Americanized I do yeah. want to say one thing so going back to the Amman how about how he he went down to Alabama and code switch yeah. yeah so my mom actually met Amman so did my sister and my mom was very amazed with Amman because she had never seen anyone pray before they ate. So I, I remember me and Iman sat down, and if I ever eat food with Iman, I always pray with him because that's what we do. And my mom was just very amazed that he, A, he finished all of his food. Oh, yeah, Iman can eat like yeah. no other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope you listen she, to this. She gave him a lot of food. Oh, when we went down, when he was at my house for Thanksgiving, uh, the one day we went down to Permanis, mm. had a full meal. And if you guys are from Pittsburgh, you know Permanis, like it's one of the biggest Pittsburgh things. He had full meal plus half my friend's sandwich mm. plus half my mozzarella sticks. And then we went to my brother's friend's giving like right after, like we literally just like a 10 minute drive mm. at my brother's house, mm-hmm. eating for friend's giving, ate more than anybody there who hadn't eaten before, just kept snacking throughout the night. <laughs> like that man can eat. Yeah, yeah, no, Ed, I hope he listens to this podcast. But just, my mom was just more amazed at the fact that he, he prayed before eating and, like, thanked God for everything, like, the food, today's day, like, being alive. But Aman was actually the first black friend I've ever taken to my house. Really? Everyone else has been white, yeah. Was there any, like, cultural shock? Because I know my grandma, she when she came here to America, she came here in the 40s. She did not know what a black person was. For my <laughs> mom, not really. Um she hasn't really interacted with anyone. She's yeah. only interacted with Hispanic and white people just because that's what we live by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't really judge people like that. Unless you do something, that's when she's going to judge you. Yeah. But other than that, she's... I also want to talk about you, Christian. We talked about that before. Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll ask this more specifically then. Do you think there's any difference between your Catholic and like the Roman Catholic, Irish Catholic I was growing up on? I feel like there is going to be some difference just because there's always a difference. I grew up on the Hispanic Catholic. Like, there's certain things that I'll talk to Oman about just because he reads the Bible basically like every day. 
and he just looked at me like he just looks at me like I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. <laughs> so I, I feel like there are gonna be differences, but it it'd probably be a long conversation just to talk about Catholicism mm-hmm. in general. Yeah, I want to ask like Catholicism. So you still follow the Pope? Mm-hmm. Is it weird following like an Italian man who's like so different from your culture and where you grew up who really probably won't have any grasp no it wasn't really all that that weird it was more of just like we it's the pope so we we follow him yeah if it's if it were just some random male and we were told to follow him that'd be kind of weird but it was just the thing that we always did it was always what the, the church was based around in terms of my church so that's one thing like i feel like coming in and like growing up or or I don't know if it's a first-gen thing or just growing up in our generation itself, but growing up, we don't we view people as just people, and then from their mm-hmm. from their positions and what they've earned in life, we 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 relate to them and and refer to them through those. We don't, and like now, there's a as we've seen with feminism, and there's a huge gender gender push too for for allowing people to grasp their own gender identity and and follow Mm -hmm. their own sexualities and all that so i wanted to ask with with hispanic culture how how has the entire gender identity and feminism movement kind of like affected i guess your life and and your experience within within uh wisconsin where you live so it's not really affected my life in terms of more just like it's what i've noticed more happening so (laughs) i've noticed a lot more of a push towards changing the language a little bit Mm -hmm. which is weird because it was based so it was based originally on masculine feminine it's not really gender neutral Mm -hmm. so like the new thing is latinx yeah it's weird the the older generation it's a little bit weird to me just because i didn't know anything about anything like that yeah. it's it's a very new thing so I, I have a couple friends that if you say latin next to them they just look at you like what mm-hmm. like what's going on is it, do you know if uh if that movement is like because like you were talking about how it's very masculine and feminine mm-hmm. in in the language and and that goes down to even the uh the precursor i, I don't know are they called pronouns so lay la l Mm-hmm. Uh, really putting that high school Spanish to work. Uh, <laughs> I'm going back to third grade right now, man. <laughs> but um, I think I'm at that level with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, go like it goes down to those roots of in mm-hmm. the language. So do you th- is uh, do you know of anything about like is this Latinx movement kind of trying to change the way we uh, speak and and how do people? I feel like ha- it is trying to change the way we speak a little bit, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's gonna take off very much just because the language is it's so old and it's so it's just going to continue on it's it's gonna be harder to understand if you try changing the language it's like basically developing a new language because everything's based on on Mm -hmm. male female yeah so <laughs> I lost my train of thought for a second. Oh, I had a question. Avi was thinking really hard and then just pointed me. I was like, oh, Richard, please save like, me. I was back. like, I got something. Oh, sorry. <laughs> not coming to mind right now. I'll come, ba- I'll come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to ask, this goes both of you, but we sort of talked about this in Avi's episode, is when we think of America, American issues, it's always black and white, mm-hmm. black and white people, even though it ain't so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to ask what you th- looking from the out, like the outside looking mm. in as you don't belong to like either of these groups, but you still live in the same country as them. What are your thoughts on like those kind of issues? Do you play a part in it? Do you think about often these issues? Um, I know that some people like do like with the Black Lives Matter movement. I know that there were a lot of Hispanics that joined in. I know that there were a lot that just didn't because they felt like endangered. That a there's pepper, there's spray out, they can get hurt. B there's law enforcement out. If someone gets arrested, they their fear of deportation. So there's there's some that go with both. There's some that choose neither because they don't want to be affiliated they don't want to be targeted things like that personally i i really don't affiliate with either but it's more because i affiliate with everyone in terms of 
I'm not going to judge you based on the color of your skin. I'm not going to judge you based on the color of your skin. I'm going to judge you based on what, like, your character. I'm going to judge you based on if we're friends or not, if we're homies. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel, like, ignored? Because the government, when they talk about people, they usually talk about either black people or white people, not really anybody else. I mean, I do feel ignored, but it's just because it's not because I'm Mexican. It's more because I'm a small, like, I'm the little guy. I'm yeah. not anyone, I'm not anyone big. So I feel like me just being, just living, I feel like they'd ignore my personal opinion. They'd ignore, like, even my community, my church community, we're, we're all Hispanic. We've got people of different Hispanic origins. Um, but I feel like even we are ignored sometimes if what we need but it, it's just things like that i mean we're we're little people we're not going to be listened to do you think there'll ever be like a president that is of hispanic descent i feel like there could be i remember in 2016 um the only i feel i think wasn't marco rubio um of hispanic descent was he yeah well that's his last name rubio Oh, I was sorry. I'm just assuming, so. I thought he was Italian. No, let me confirm. Yeah, but we can't confirm. assume. We can't assume. I'm obviously looking it up. I actually don't remember that. Man, I should really know the answer to that. I kind of yeah. feel dumb right now. Obvious, obvious, uh got the phone out looking up. Yeah, yeah. he's a Cuban-American from oh. Miami, Florida. Look at that. But he didn't get very far. Yeah, he didn't. So, because that's definitely something to think about when we think about presidents all white and mm-hmm. Obama, who's half white, so mm-hmm. never really get that diversity. Obama had the, the name Deporter in Chief. That's what the, one of his nicknames was. I've heard that. I've yeah. definitely heard that. A lot of the, a lot of the, maybe reasoning behind not having too many pe- presidential candidates or, or candidates in power from, from Hispanic descent or even just mm. outside of, of I guess like white white uh, presidents too much is uh, is because of the fear that comes with you know, rising to power in the mm-hmm. situation or the fear of like how how are we gonna handle things and how are we how are we gonna handle the racism, segregation, degradation that happens to people that have that share my skin mm-hmm. color that aren't that uh you know, people that don't accept me as a as a leader, mm-hmm. don't want me as a leader, people that you do want me as a leader are gonna be discriminated against, are gonna be acted against, right? Well, well even then I grew up in the country. Not one person that I knew said I don't like Obama because he's black. They said I don't like him because I don't like his policies. They didn't like Obamacare. They didn't like things like that. Mm-hmm. They not one time said it was because of the color of his skin. They just always said it's because of A, B, C, D. I don't like his policies. Yeah. So that's going with people more knowing I guess knowing mm-hmm. their like political group mm-hmm. really well and, and knowing be, what they stand for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That can be rooted down in yeah. racism, but they're not gonna outright be like, I don't like this certain yeah. group or any of that. They're not ever gonna say that mm-hmm. and yeah, and I was the one, and we talked about this with Obama a lot of time, even a lot of his hatred was rooted down racism, even though he had a white mother, grew up with a white parent, he's half white. Uh, Amon would talk about the one drop rule right now, if he was here right now, because he loves talking about that. At, uh, yeah, I also want to ask about a common term now is people of color, and it's basically just means anybody that's, not, not white. white. I want to ask your guys' opinions on that grouping. Like, well, I, I, I was gonna say like I've been saying that throughout this podcast, and like, it's just honestly because I don't know any other word because yeah. it's it's hard. Like, when you see it, if the, if the majority in the world is is white, and and that's in itself a grouping, you know, because there's mm-hmm. so many different kinds of of people that have white skin tone. Yeah. Um. So. It's just, it's a, just another way of separating yeah, people, any, you know. Yeah. But it's uh, how Anything else, else is really derogatory. Yeah, it, like how are you? How else are you gonna like if you're trying to describe a movement that relates to all minority groups, and those minority groups happen to be distinctly different from the majority in that this, their skin color is different, mm-hmm. and that's what the discrimination has been set upon throughout history like like how else are you gonna group those people without Mm. being um i think people of color has just been a term that the media has pushed 
out mm-hmm. in terms of being not being derogatory towards black, Mexican, um, Chinese, anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think people of color is just one way of grouping everyone and not having anyone left out, h- implementing some sort of equality. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And th- that's important. Mm-hmm. It's really important. Yeah, so you guys say like you're sort of okay with being boxed mm-hmm. in with each other even? I'd say, That's like, it. yeah. I but mean, it's it, the homie over here. Let me <laughs> <laughs> it also depends on, you know, like, how we're talking about it. Like, if, if we're talking about some specific actions that happened to s- towards someone such as, like, George Floyd's death, right? Like, I'm not going to say, oh, we, we need to rally for people of color and people of color's lives matter. Like, yeah, they do, but this is specifically yeah. about the what's happening to black people it's a specific movement that's because black people have been discriminated against throughout the entire history of the united states of america if we change that if we change that whole scenario and it's three males or two males and a female and they're one of them is black one's mexican and one's let's say white yeah Yeah. it's really everyone or you could still say people of color because white is still a color uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I was I, I kind of yeah. didn't but, follow. As but much at the same time, it. it's it's everyone. You change yeah. anything, and it's it it becomes more equal. Yeah, yeah. That sort of relates to how we talked about earlier with Hispanics all being grouped into mm-hmm. one thing, even though they're all different. But people of color, because I mean, you said world, but world's not like mostly white. You have to talk about America specifically, mm-hmm. and that's when that term would probably be only time it'd really be used because. Mm-hmm. Talk about the world. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Asian people, I think, yeah. are the majority. Mm-hmm. Uh, not white people for once. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. I think I, I, I just think in the in the t- tense of in the sense of like a historical like global spread of of influence. You know, just they've had a huge influence throughout yeah. globally, right? But. I it's not yeah you're, you're right it's not the majority in in the global sense so I, yeah I but really america does have sort of the most influence mm. in the world followed probably by china then probably russia which russia america mm-hmm. two th- white nations i think uh, mostly the united states is the biggest world power in terms of military money and anything like that yeah military it is money i think we still have more than china but mm. china has the most people and India is also becoming a superpower, uh, sort of. Shout out to India. A little bit, yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> sir. India, but it's just weird. Because why I bring up the people of color? Because the Hispanic countries, at least, they're sort of mm-hmm. close together. They all speak the same language. But like Mexico and India, there's not much in common there. But when you come to America, you are labeled as the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you're sort We're of. Boxing sort of minority. Yeah. That's where we find commonality. Yeah. 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 I want to ask, have you ever been, like, mistaken for, like, a different race, Jesus? I, I have been mistaken for Indian before. <laughs> Indian, really? Because we started to, obviously, mistaken for Middle Eastern and all that before uh, yeah. being mistaken. Does that, like, does that, that upset you at all? Be like, No, I mean, it, you're just assuming. I mean, why why should I get mad for you assuming? Just It's human nature to assume. Yeah. I have been uh, assumed to be black before, just because my skin tone is somewhat light-skinned. But... Really? I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't call myself black. I wouldn't call myself white. I call myself Mexican. Yeah, I wouldn't call you. Yeah, I know that <laughs> in, um, we're grouped, like, in the census, we're grouped as white. Are you? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, legally well, in the census, it's, it asks you if you're, like, what color your skin. So it lit- I, th- I think it's, like, white, black, and I forgot what else, but... And then it asks you if you're Hispanic or Latino. Hmm. I don't think about it. But I guess it sort of makes sense because you're either mm-hmm. Native American well, that's what Mexican or is. Spanish. Native Mexican. Mexican is technically Spaniard combined with Aztec or I think Mayan. Yeah. So that's why it's considered white because Spaniards came over and Spaniards, as we know, are typic- typically white. Yeah. Typically. I also, I've seen TikToks, man. People like... Saying like, oh, can't speak Spanish. Like, saying like white people like shouldn't speak Spanish or something. Like saying it's like Hispanic language. And you're like, well, it originates from a 
European yeah. country. It's <laughs> a cultural appropriation a mm-hmm. bit too far too. Like they're like, oh, that's cultural appropriation. You can't speak our language, but it's like, like yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, we started like talking about this earlier, but kind of got off of it talking about like Taco Bell and all that. But cultural appropriation, yeah. I feel like Mexican culture is definitely one that like white people like sort of take and change yeah. a lot and. Do you feel like there's cultural appropriation there? What is your feelings about that? I feel like there is a little bit, but at the same time, I don't really mind it. Because when I go home at the end of the day, I'm going home to my culture and what I was raised with. Like, yeah, we can have Chipotle. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be exactly what I eat at home. <laughs> it's still great to eat. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not gonna change anything about what society has. I'm just gonna go home at the end of the day and live life as I normally would. I just want to talk. We sort of got off of the topic of culture, but I sort of want to go back to it. We asked Avi about this, and he was on, but, like, your favorite, like, festivals or traditions mm-hmm. uh, Mexican people have. Mm. I know it's a tough question. I've never really, personally, I haven't celebrated, like, Cinco de Mayo or things like that. Uh, Christmas is a big thing. It's a huge thing. So is New Year's. Um, Does that differ at all from, like, how I would celebrate it? Um, we go to mass every 24th of Christmas. We open gifts like right after mass. Okay. We um, go. Yeah. There's Christmas mass for th- us. Too, yeah. There's a mass for New Year's. I mean, too. I don't go, but <laughs> there is. There's a whole routine. Like there's luggage bags that you need to have for New Year's. There's grapes. There's, there's a bunch of stuff that goes. Grapes? For, yeah. Why? So, I think it's, you get, I don't know how many grapes it is, but you eat everyone. You try to eat them as fast as you can right after the clock strikes 12. So each one's a wish that you have oh, for the year. And that's like cool. what's what's like the time what's when does the time stop? When when is like the last grape go in your mouth? Um, it doesn't really matter as long as you just finish them really fast. I'm cool. gonna buy so many grapes. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as the car drops I'll be just <laughs> For the next two hours I'll just be shoveling grapes in my mouth. Maybe at least one wish that happens. <laughs> so if you just don't like grapes, it's no wishes for you. <laughs> Rest in peace. No, because <laughs> no, you have an overdose on grapes. I'm <laughs> <laughs> in my stomach. I've never heard about that before. About the grapes, yeah. man. I'm I don't know exactly how many it is, but I know it's like a predetermined amount. Yeah, I'm a. I love grapes, man. I'm. A, I don't know if that like that'd be a fun. Tradition. You gotta come over for New Year's. <laughs> oh man, I'll be there. I mean, I won't be there. I'll be in Pittsburgh, but. <laughs> <laughs> In spirit, you can FaceTime me. We'll, we'll eat grapes together. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll have a FaceTime little... grape session. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole thing for New Year's, too. Like, as soon as the clock strikes 12 and grapes are eaten, you grab your luggage bag and you just start running because it's, it's like you're – I forgot what it is. It's – I think it's you're to, to new adventures that year or something like that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that is – that's run all really the way home, Richie. You're going to visit him, and then you're going <laughs> to run all the way back to Pittsburgh. <laughs> I've seen my cousins do it. it it's, it's great to watch in their cameras when we go down to their house because you just see them, like, gone, and then they come back and they're freezing cold because <laughs> we're, we're oh. in basically Siberia up here. Yeah, yeah. I'll run to Wisconsin, Jesus. I'll run to Seattle for you, Avi, and I'll run back home to Pittsburgh. Back over, yeah. yeah get, get my steps in for yeah. the year. It's the flash. <laughs> yeah, also, as you talked about it earlier, but Spanish soap operas, because you made me watch some of them before. Dude, I still remember, I, I would have him on, and Will would just be watching them, just because he would be entertained a little bit by them. Yeah. It was the uh, funniest thing, because I, I didn't think he would, like, watch it at all yeah spanish soap operas man because you know so dramatic i watched some like foreign stuff like we talked about bollywood on our episode like Mm -hmm. i watched bollywood stuff so i watched spanish soap operas and just like how dramatic it is like Mm -hmm. it's overly dramatic for no reason (laughs) for no reason there's like no like cultural thing like just like you guys have love for drama or something i I think it's it's just that yeah okay because when i think of like italian cinema which i watch a good bit there's like there's certain like tropes you see mm. just because of how the culture is and there's like a certain reason why that culture is there's just there's nothing there it's just like people just thought that was cool i mean there's always going to be a sense of drama there it's yeah. just it's overly dramatic for entertainment purposes and i mean i was entertained just re-watching a couple of these shows last year in my dorm and i remember telling will the plot my, my roommate will Last year, he's, he's currently a mom's roommate. roommate yeah. Um, I remember telling him the plot of what's going on. I I remember he'd come back from class and I'd be like, "Dude, stuff's going down right now on this show." And I tell him what's going <laughs> down, um, and he would just be like, "Dude, what? 
uh, where we can't say on flip. Yeah. It's going on. Cause it's just like, it's just so out of the ordinary. I know. It's like, it makes me laugh. It's funny. But, uh, also as we talked a little bit about how, uh, Hispanic people are mixed of Spaniard and, uh, Aztec or Mayan, Mayan, some native American groups. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done a DNA test? I have not. I kind of wanted to, cause just cause I think I think I'm Aztec, I wouldn't exactly have a definitive answer for you today. So, do you feel any connection to like that history? Nah, it's too it's too <laughs> far back. <laughs> too like, far back. I wouldn't know how to read any of their hieroglyphics. I wouldn't. I I. Let's still like learn about I, it in like history like, class or something. Even if I am part Aztec or part Mayan, I don't think I could claim. Oh, I'm Aztec. And part Spaniard because I don't know anything about that culture at all. Mm. That's true. Also, like, cause like I'm Italian, so learning yeah. about the Renaissance is like, like cool I, for me because I'm like my ancestors were probably there. Mm-hmm. Like I could tell you, like yeah, this is my ancestral history. I'm I'm part this and part that, but I I wouldn't say directly, hey, I know about this culture just because I yeah don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. I can learn about it. But it's not going to be directly like from what I learned from my parents and what they learned from their parents and things like that. So it's something to think about, just yeah. like, because like I'm just thinking like, because when I learn about the Renaissance mm-hmm. or anything, really, I mean, American history is like when you learn about history in you know, American schools, it's sort of centered around Europe and mm-hmm. very centered around Italy, uh, and just reading about that and reading the epics like the any how do you pronounce it Iliad, I think by Virgil which is a epic that centers mm. around the founding of Italy and reading all that even though mm. I said I'm not very connected with my Italian culture it's so cool to read about because like it's my ancestors they were probably there maybe my Irish ancestors because who knows where they are at, at that time mm. but still <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh reading about that uh do you have a desire to go back to Mexico at all I do but at the same time I don't just because it's it it's gotten worse in terms of like the war on drugs over there, just because that's where a lot of the drugs are produced and they're all coming here. Do you keep up with like Mexican politics and all that? I don't, but my dad does. Okay, just because that's his homeland. Yeah, he always says that once I'm done with school and I moved out of his house, that he wants to go back. Because the only reason he moved up here was to give me a better life. Yeah, to give me and my siblings a better life. So he still misses it down there. Yeah, he he actually enjoys it more down there than up here. Obviously. Yeah, my parents are really similar. My dad, at least my dad, he he wants to go back to India mm-hmm. and chill there because yeah. all his homies are there. From yeah, like yeah, it's I feel like any of us would probably do that. Like if we, if all three of us moved to, let's say we moved to South Africa for like two years, mm-hmm. I think we would probably want to come back at some point just because yeah. it's completely different. Yeah, we are, we are born and raised with this culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my grandma talks about going back to Ireland mm-hmm. all the time, and she did visit Ireland a lot when. She was younger going back to that culture because you feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to go. Up. It's hard to go a place and not know anyone. You know? Yeah, so it's, it's hard to it's just tough. stay in that place. But like even want to go back home to where you know people. Yeah, even just like coming to Milwaukee, and you might be able to touch on it's a little bit too obvious. Still, mm-hmm. I still miss Pittsburgh a lot, mm-hmm. and I like to go back to Pittsburgh all the time. And I just mm-hmm. feel more comfortable there. Walking in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. There could, I could be walking in the neighborhood a hundred times better than anywhere in Pittsburgh, yeah. but I still feel like less safe and more wary just because mm-hmm. it's not what I'm used to mm-hmm. versus walking Well, like we also have different Pittsburgh. laws, which is why it's so different as well. That like, is true. Like in Texas, if someone comes into your house, you have the law, you have the right to use lethal force if you didn't yeah. invite them and they just broke in. Here in Wisconsin, I don't know how Pittsburgh does it, but or Pennsylvania technically. But here in Wisconsin, oh, we don't claim Philadelphia or anything, so yeah. you can just say Pittsburgh. <laughs> here, in yeah. here in Wisconsin, if someone breaks into your house, you don't have the authority to use lethal force on them unless they're threatening your life. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, every state has different things. Yeah. So, would you say, like, Avi, you feel more comfortable in Seattle or? Okay, I guess a, you grew weird, up. It's kind of a weird situation. Yeah, you grew for up me, yeah. with. It's kind of, you feel like more comfortable in either of those, or is it kind of the same? I'd say I'd, I I feel more comfortable in Seattle. Like I spent my like f- like it, up until nine years old, I was here, okay. and like 
so like that's uh, one perspective you know i'm coming back here and and if i do feel comfortable because i'm coming back mm. home in a sense you know i'm coming back to what i'm used to i'm coming mm. back to the con- country in my eyes you know the midwest <laughs> uh, and uh yeah so like part of me is comfortable there but then like specifically milwaukee if i'm talking about the area around marquette uh lately it's been very very yeah. sketchy a lot of uh, mm-hmm. shootings around campus going crime. on crimes getting worse too yeah crimes getting a lot worse uh, almost every day every other day we're getting notifications about something or we're hearing sirens and cop cars pulling up oh. and so that's that's kind of where i i say like you know uh, i'm a little bit uncomfortable yeah. you know living in this yeah, area and i commute and from out in the country yeah so i i actually like going home my nice comfortable bed yeah. there's there's no real crime that's going on if, if there is cops will be there right away just because yeah. it's a small town there's been there's been times I've, I've heard that some small towns like during their third shift they just don't get calls because no crimes are being committed there's no one out and about drunk mm-hmm. there's no there's just nothing happening like everything's just peaceful and everything's orderly ask you guys is like views on law enforcement coming from people of color who yeah. aren't black and aren't white, which are the two groups we think about when we think of the two sides to this? Uh, personally, like I've seen, I've seen a lot of like Hispanic represent representation in the police mm-hmm. force. Uh, I've seen um, a lot of, you know, like upward level police uh, personnel being Hispanic as mm-hmm. well. I've seen Hispanic representation in the police force in in media, like in TV shows and movies. Have you seen the the new chief of police in Milwaukee? He's actually he's from Milwaukee. He's black. He went to Marquette Law School. Um, have you seen that yet? No, I haven't. I, yeah. I haven't seen. That uh, I forgot yet. what his name is, but he's yeah. He, he graduated from Marquette Law, and that's he's awesome. Milwaukee native. He's black. That's awesome. Let's go. Do you feel more comfortable with a black officer than a white one? Uh. Personally, I mean, I don't think it should matter. Yeah. Some of them, it's like with anything, you try to get all the ones that are bad not to have the job or not to be in the scenario of having power. But there's always going to be one or two that slip through the crack. If you get the one or two, it can be anybody of any color. Mm-hmm. They're it's just gonna take advantage of the power. It's just like police. Police are police, you yeah. know. Like uh, they're they're doing their job. That kind of goes to what we were talking about earlier. With like our generation, kind of doesn't view mm-hmm. people from the same lens. We view people from the skill set and like I guess what mm-hmm. position they hold. That's that's what comes to mind first. Like when we have conversation and we ask like, "Hey, mm-hmm. like, nice to meet you. I'm Avi." Like a uh, what do you study you know yeah. like like it's it's defines who you are and when we see police officers like that's our first initial thought is he's a police officer not oh it's a black man mm-hmm. or oh it's a white man getting out of the car mm-hmm. coming over to the side of my car you know yeah. it's that's not the initial thought mm-hmm. it's like oh shoot i gotta put my hands on the wheel you know be careful like, or just don't reach for anything yeah yeah just don't do anything that you think would be dangerous in any scenario just listen and should all smooth over that's that's i guess a mentality that um i i've recently realized after listening to your podcast and and you know talking to people on the street too is just that's a mentality that a lot of people that of that have colored skin have that Mm -hmm. a lot of white people don't is that mentality of like oh um you know the police are are coming at me. I have to be really careful. I have to show no mm-hmm. no aggressive movements. No no uh yeah no aggressive should movements. Should, my tone should be really polite. Mm-hmm. All this, all this, and then like we see a lot of videos of now what people call Karens. You know mm-hmm. like like see, it's it's a contrast in mentality. I, I remember like. when the the riots first started. Um, mm-hmm. I remember seeing, I w- I would watch the live streams of what Fox News and. TMJ and mm-hmm. what they were having because they they can't talk they're just live streaming what's going on so they have no no input on like yeah this is left sided or right sided on the po- political scale they're just live streaming what's going on yeah so I remember just watching it and you saw people of all color just saying f the police you saw everybody just saying that mm-hmm. um, but personally I've never had a bad experience yet that I know of yeah remember, most police have been nice yeah. to me too. I remember I got pulled over in in Indiana about a year ago 
I think it was about a year ago, like exactly sometime around this week. Okay. And officer was a really nice guy. He knew I wasn't from there because my, my license plate said Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I, I knew I was speeding. Nothing I can do about that. <laughs> Sorry, it coach. Happens. <laughs> it sometimes, you know. Like, ladies and gentlemen, he got me. <laughs> but at that moment, I was just relaxed. He didn't seem threatened. I told him, my, like, my dog was in the back. My dog's pretty aggressive. So, like, whenever my friends come over, I just don't have her out. She's yeah. usually in my parents' room or in the, the back living room. But I just told the officer, like, hey, my dog's aggressive. That's why she's barking at you. So, like, I wouldn't get really close. Yeah. So that's why he, he kept his distance a little a little bit. But he was, the, like, the nicest guy. Yeah. He that's didn't good. Really, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, like, a, a mentality thing. Like, mm-hmm. most, most police are good people they're mm-hmm. just they're just people just like us you know and uh it's it's definitely that minority of the, in the, in the police force yeah. that paint that horrible image yeah. of, of it it's also i guess if we're talking about police it's also their training and, mm-hmm. and all that like their their shoot first think later training yeah um, i always i mean as a white person i never scared i did go to black lives matter protest wasn't scared yeah. or anything like that like I don't know if either no. of you two have ever watched like body cam footage. Uh, where, yeah, yeah, all the time. It's just it's interesting to watch because the officer will be really friendly, and as soon as you become a Karen or as soon as you just see someone being resistive, mm-hmm. they switch like a, a light bulb, like a like a light bulb switch. They yeah. just, they switch personalities, and they're just like, all right, this is how it's gonna go. You're either gonna listen or or the law is yeah. gonna take over. Yeah, yeah, but I'm also gonna say like, how are you talking about? You think like oh put hands on steel we're all, mm. all that like I never think that like I'm just like I never thought oh I shouldn't make aggressive movement or anything like yeah. these officers walking up who cares uh, use my license like my hands are wherever I don't have them on the steering wheel I don't have them I just have them by my side or something like I'm not really thinking about that at all that was just never thought growing up mm-hmm. nothing like my parent my parents never had to tell me anything like that nobody ever told me anything like that like oh. You know, yeah, I've watched some body cam footage where a person's like, I'm scared. I don't want to take my hands off the steering wheel. And the officer just asks, well, is there any weapons or anything that can harm me in the vehicle? And the, du- the guy just says, no. And the officer literally looks at him and goes, well, then you're fine. You yeah, but worry. you still have that fear because of the picture painted. You yeah. see all the stuff on the news. You see all yeah. that. And you know as long as your hand's on the wheel, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a thing about being preemptive about your safety versus yeah. being reactive yeah you know like uh, we especially like when those protests mm-hmm. were happening that's again when these issues were raised again and and then we saw a lot of fear in communities mm-hmm. spiking and a lot of parents are telling their ki- teaching their kids their young like four or five year old kids like how to act and how to how to handle themselves in front of the police, mm. fully armed adults, and it's like... Yeah, my parents never did that to me just because they didn't think it was a danger. Like, yeah. I was raised with a school resource officer in my school. She mm. would always talk to us about anything, like, drugs or sex-related. Like, she would always talk to us about the dangers of doing this, this, and this. Yeah. So I remember just, anytime we needed anything, I could go up to her and just ask her for help. Yeah. Because... We always had an officer speak to us whenever it was anything big in um, even elementary school. So we, my parents never told me, like, police are a danger. Like, I also grew up yeah. in a small town where everyone knew each other. So, I mean. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah. like, we, we just have to pay attention mm-hmm. to the people themselves. You have to be able to, like, see, like, oh, if this police officer is not having a good day, I'm not going to, mm. I'm not going to, like, mess <laughs> with them at all. You know, I'm not going to tell some jokes or anything, well, you know. Yeah. And I feel like nowadays they do a, a better of a job of staying true to what's needed just because they have body cam footage. Mm-hmm. They have their own – they're on their personal spotlight. So even if they get – like if it's their one of their buddies that they have to arrest, they kind of have to because it's on body cam. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely good. It's accountability, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's like being Christian. God's always watching. You have body mm-hmm. cam. Somebody's always watching. But that's uh, – we're almost out of time. So Jesus, how we always like to end this. We ask uh, about how we can get involved with this Hispanic community. How can we learn about it? If there's any ways they need help, where we can be there, just anything at all. I mean, there's many things that you can do. Like, you can go to Hispanic events. Like, I know Marquette has Fiesta de Noche. Um, it, it's a 
it's an event where you you can dance with a lot of us you can enjoy the the cuisine that's there you can learn more about what's going on but in terms of like any movement or anything i haven't heard of any movements or anything what do you want to see like more people doing like I, I know when i was on the show and i was talking to richie i was saying like i i enjoy it when people you know just dive into the culture whether they want to mm. like buy the clothes or eat the food or, or personally come, come I, dance or enjoy yeah. the festivals you know like personally i'd like to see like a little bit more unity in terms of like society mm-hmm. like i would like to see everyone be able to enjoy like like if there's a quinceanera like if i ever have a daughter i would I'd invite both of you. Yeah. You say, oh, like, hey, thanks, come, in, come enjoy the party. Like, <laughs> it, it's a sense of unity with all yeah. of your friends. As long as you're not cooking. <laughs> you got your mom. He said, man. <laughs> I'll say it's his mom's a good cook. But. I don't think you've had any of her actual, like, the food that she makes, like, prepares, like, other than, like, because those tamales are probably, like, a couple days old. Hey, it's so good, though. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta have some of the fresh food she makes. It's it's great. Oh, wow. yeah, you got <laughs> to invite us <laughs> over. Avi's always eating, man. Gotta bring over the whole squad. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Jesus, right. for coming on. Thank you, Avi, for being a guest host and Pleasure uh, to be here. replacing the slacker. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Thank you, thank you for having me, and uh, thank you, for thank you Jesus, well. for talking. Yeah. yeah, well, it was a good conversation. I guess uh, I'll have to do that. Just thank. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This has been Ain't So Black and White. I'm Richie Lyons. Peace, y'all.